Old Man Winter is on the way, but you can weather the storm by taking advantage of Village Green Apothecary's year-end sale. This year, we're celebrating our 50th anniversary with big savings. From now until the end of the year, you can save 35% off Pathway Nutrition products, 25% off other supplements, and 20% off body care products. Stock up on supplements to help fight colds and flu, and pick up some healthy living gifts for your friends and family, too. Visit Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com or call us at 301-530-0800. Our big year-end sale will blow you away. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I'm your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. Don't forget to tune in next week. My wonderful co-host, Dana Lake, will be here with another great show and another great topic. Today, we're going to be talking about several different things. Um, We're going to be starting the show off discussing some of the aspects around genetically modified organisms. We're going to be talking about a little bit about GMO. We know that there's a lot of hot debate related to GMO in the food industry, Some of the biggest news that's been coming up is they finally just approved the first GMO animal to be sold for human consumption, and that is a genetically modified salmon that can grow very quickly under um, favorable growing conditions to maturity and size for sale at a much faster rate than a regular salmon. And there's a lot of debate and there's a lot of concern among some people and none among others. Of course, like most topics these days, everything is divided. There are some people that feel very concerned about using genetic modification for our food supply because we're not entirely sure what the human health implications are because the reality is there's not a lot of human clinical trials done on genetically modified organisms before they've been released for human consumption. And other countries that take a little bit more time to review these issues and tend to have a less influence in their political policies from big corporations um, have banned GMOs in, in food. So Europe does not allow GMOs in food. And Europe was also a country that was not allowing BPA and other chemicals in food that the United States allowed, uh, mainly due to the lobby of the large multinational corporations. And lo and behold, 15 or 20 years later, they deny, 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 deny that there's any health implications. And then, of course, the early research that was showing there might be 20 years later, the volumes of research are completely overwhelming. And sure enough, those substances are banned. The question is, is are we going to end up with a similar type of situation with genetically modified organisms? And at this point in time, while there is not clear data, well, there may be some clear data to show that there are significant health issues with it, there's also no clear data to show that it's safe. So why are we really allowing things to be used in our food supply if we don't know they're entirely safe? And and the debate goes back and forth. The side from the biotech companies that are really developing and pushing genetically modified organisms are going to say there's plenty of data to show that it's safe. And there's plenty of really um, brilliant researchers at very well-established institutions like Harvard and MIT and thought-leading places around the world that are looking at the research and saying there's actually evidence here that this is not safe and that it's problematic. And that's when the conversation has really started to catch fire is there's more and more data coming out relating to it potentially being unsafe. So um, I have on the phone with me today Rex Jones. He's been an educator with Garden of Life for more than four years and brings with him a lifelong passion 
for the natural foods industry and a strong knowledge of herbals. He began his journey at the age of 15 by picking and identifying herbs in the wild with his mother and grew more serious about studying herbs as an adult. For more than 10 years, he worked as a natural foods retail setting as a nutrition manager and herbalist. Rex also led classes, co-hosted a radio show, managed web content, and gave a variety of in-store and off-site health lectures. He's excited to share the Garden of Life mission, which is empowering extraordinary health. So, Rex, um, you know, there's a lot we can talk about related to the GMO story. Um, I've got a few other topics I want to bring up, but I thought I'd introduce you and see where you want to come in on on this topic. Well, no, you you really set the stage there because that is exactly the situation. It is really confusing depending on, you know, where you step into this conversation. If if you were to just type in our GMO safe and on a web browser and you went to all, where all the industry information is, you you would think that it was insane that someone would even question it. It sounds like all the regulatory, uh, you know, requirements have been met and so forth and so on. It's safe, and tons of scientists say it's safe. And there are these weird food elitists or hippies or whoever it is, uh, foodies that just don't like it. You know, they're just boohooing it for the for whatever reasons. Um, but if you were to start on the, the other side, and, and I'll be, you know, uh, I will admit that I am one who questions GMOs greatly, and, I, and I'm and i leaning more towards, you know, that... So you're a, hip- so, so, so you're a hippie. I, I guess I'm a hippie, <laughs> right? You know? um, but, but here is, I'll give you my, my best rationally biased opinion, and that is that the genes of plants and animals have been here for millions of years, and they have survived. And they've kept what they needed and got rid of what they needed. Why aren't we working with those systems? I believe, in my opinion, that we are, well, that that's a superior genetic code. It's us, you know, humans that have to understand and adapt to that. Changing that for profit, pat- patenting that and not having rigorous science, as they say, the rigorous science all comes from the industry. It is all industry supported and and framed, and that's why you know you have those European countries, the ones that have let it let GMOs in, require labeling, and uh, many of them, sixty four nations, don't you know don't even allow it in until they can have third party safety studies that aren't attached to the industry. So it's that that little that that little uh, you know. I don't know, a deviation of, of uh, the story that they tell where they, they have been studied and all of these scientists agree. Which scientists? Are right. they independent? Did right. they frame their own studies? And so it's very confusing for people. Um, but, but, yeah, I really think that nature is a lot more complex. And I even sometimes call nature a type of technology. It's so advanced that we, we think it's just mother nature, but it's, so advanced as a technology and probably most likely a lot uh, more intelligent than anything we could do. Oh, well, hugely. If you've ever you mean yeah. studying biochemistry and human physiology, the processes that occur in a body every second are so far more technologically advanced than anything that we've invented in our human right. existence. We can't even come close to replicating the degree of complexity and regulation that happens in our body and our cells every single second. So we are far, far behind in what we've created as far as technology, behind what nature has already created, given Absolutely. the biodiversity of our planet and how our body works. It is it is staggering, and we haven't even figured out half of how our body works, probably not even a quarter of it at this point. Yeah. So, um, 
It brings up, I think you said something really important, which is third-party safety studies. And that's where we do get into the these issues of we've got, you know, industry studies showing, you know, promoting safety. We've got some showing non-safety. But where's the, the real good, highly detailed third-party analysis? Now, we've been doing genetic modification of food for thousands of years. I mean, you know, when my first genetics class, you learn about the monk Gregor Mendel and you learn the basic, you know, the the four squares of gene breeding and dominant and recessive. And we use genetic modification in our food supply to breed for, you know, plumper tomatoes, different colored beans. Right. I mean, we've been doing genetic modification by doing breeding tactics in animals and plants for thousands of years, right? right. To get the kind right. to go from a, you know, wild um, you know, bull or whatever it was to a to a dairy cow that just grazes and is a cow that's good for eating. Cows, you know, they're they're a byproduct of genetic modification. The difference that yeah. we're looking at now is that we're working within species. We're working within the same species to to select for more favorable traits. Not exactly what we're doing with genetic modification in the GMO world. Things that are classically needing to be labeled that are a byproduct of biotechnology, they're inserting genes from other species into another species to create a selective um, breed. So that's where we're getting into now commingling genetics that were not designed by nature to commingle. So you couldn't necessarily breed the salmon with this other fish and get this kind of what our people are calling frankenfish through natural means. You have to do it through biotechnology means, which means we're pushing that envelope of what nature is sort of approving of saying, okay, we can mix this gene with this gene in a natural setting and come out with a healthy organism that can thrive and reproduce. When you're looking at biotechnology, we're talking about transplanting genes cross species wise to create different outcomes. And that's where, you know, things start to potentially create some problems. And that's where people start to raise their eyebrows and say, well, hmm, if this couldn't occur yeah. naturally in the natural world with the genetic modification would be doing forever maybe we should just take a minute and think about what we're doing. And there's no doubt that genetic modification and working with gene therapy and, and gene issues will probably be an incredibly important part of our future. But, Absolutely. But, yeah. but doesn't it make sense to make sure we understand it before we put it into something as ubiquitous as the food supply and really look at the data in a very non-objective way from either side and understand are there safety implications because issues are now starting to come up issues are starting to right. surface which is why this conversation is really hitting high water you know we've got a couple things coming to to grips we've got number 1 some data that's coming out showing that the traditional use of GMOs, which we may end up needing to talk about in the next segment, has started to create some very real potential problems for human health and physiology. Number two, we're now at that same time that this research is starting to break over the last, let's say, 18 months. We're now introducing a new form of genetic engineering that involves animals being introduced to the food supply via the salmon, which was had been reviewed and reviewed and reviewed and was finally stamped as okay, um, you know, by the government as being able to be sold. And then you add into that this other really hot debate of people saying, well, I want a choice. I live in a country where we're supposed to have freedoms and freedom of choice. And I want to be able to decide and I want to be able to choose if I think that 
genetically modified foods are not good for me. I want to be able to know if that's something that I'm eating. So people are pushing for laws that that encourage labeling, that encourage if something has been genetically modified, that it should be labeled as such so people can make an informed decision. Well, industry doesn't like it because the connotation of genetically modified has been one of something people are afraid of. So they're worried about sales. But that doesn't necessarily justify blinding everyone and not being able to make a choice so that if I walk into a restaurant in two years when these salmon are being farmed and produced and and cranked out to every single place where salmon served, can I say, well, you know, am I going to think twice about ordering the salmon because I don't know if it's been genetically modified or not? And so all three of these things are converging at a time that's making this conversation a very um, heated conversation that's at the top of, you know... um, on the you know top morning news shows and front pages of papers and health sections and it, it's a really hot debate. So when we come back from the break, Rex, let's talk a little bit about what we're seeing as far as you know. Now we're oh gosh, probably a good. I don't know. I remember it was 1994. I was in my yeah. biotechnology class in high school, transplanting plasmids, doing experiments. And we were talking about the advent of the flavor saver tomato, which was, so that was 94. So right. we're about now, you know, I don't know, 20 some years into the future, genetically modified foods have been in the American food supply for a while. So now after 20 years in the food supply in the next segment, let's talk about the problems that are starting to arise that we're seeing now related to the genetically modified foods that have been around for a while. So this is Dr. Kevin Passero with The Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be back right after these words. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. Mega Food believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. Mega Food, from farm to tablet, our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of Fit Food, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of Fit Food contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MC. CTs. Fit Food provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet committed to pure and great tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's NeuroOptimizer comes to the rescue. NeuroOptimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. NeuroOptimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. NeuroOptimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. 
Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. If you have arthritis, everyday tasks can become a challenge. That's why more and more doctors are recommending Arthrobin, an all-natural medical food for the dietary management of osteoarthritis. It contains a combination of bioflavonoids, which work to reduce inflammation and joint deterioration, along with collagen peptides, which increase joint mobility, function, and repair. Arthrobin is not a drug and is virtually free of negative side effects. Look for Arthrobin by Designs for Health Today, available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I'm your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. Got an interesting show lined up for you today. We're covering the controversial topic of GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, specifically as it relates to their use in the food supply. And uh, we're going to transition that conversation a little bit over a little bit later over to use of genetically modified organisms in commonly um, common ingredients that are often found in supplements and vitamins that people are taking. So many of you listening may have an opinion one way or another. Many of you listening may feel very strongly that GMOs are not something that they want in their diet yet, and they're really working hard to buy foods that are not genetically modified and labeling, showing that things are not genetically modified, but they may be taking a multivitamin every day that has a component in it that is derived from something genetically modified. So let's open up the conversation to everything that we're putting in our mouths so that we can all make informed decisions about what to do and what not to do. So, you know, as we look at here now, um, you know, 20 years into the into the history of the use of genetically modified organisms in our food supply, Rex, let's let's talk about what, what are some of the problems that we're starting to see here as a result of using genetically modified crops, um, you know, as part of our right. staples of our food. Right. And I, I just wanted to kind of go back to a little bit to what you said in the last segment segment and you know in my personal opinion which is that the science of genetically engineering something may not be bad just because it's genetically engineered but i think what both uh, both of us are saying is that there needs to be due diligence in the science and the safety we need to you know not rush because someone wants to make a profit or or patent a product and and honestly know exactly what's going on but right. in terms of what yes i mean it's a, it's a great point why why rush right i mean it why rush it to the market for the sake of profit, we it's not like we have to question whether or not non-genetically modified food is safe. Right, right. We know that's safe. So, and by the way, yeah, because <laughs> that's all we've ever had. So, you know, right. why not do the studies necessary to really understand what is doing? And if we're not going to be willing to look at the third-party science, the non-industry produced science around the safety of these items, why not require labeling so people can have a choice? It just doesn't make sense to me. But go ahead. Yeah, and yeah. So I, I'll just you know I was going to say. By the way, though, um, it, it, I find it uh, pretty interesting that you know the, the reasons why they say we need to spread these GMOs now is because of population explosion, which is a real thing. But conventional crops are right on pace with where GMOs are at. Their GMOs are not outperforming conventional, and they're definitely not outperforming organic. Organic can survive during drought um much more than gmos and can survive during flood and flood time so what biotech is saying is well we can go back and engineer um you know if this one you know uh genetically engineered crop can't survive this area we'll go back and patent 
and own this this next adaptable form. And again, Mother Nature, you know, with with uh, traditional species or in traditional variations of plants, has already solved the problem. But what you know, what what damage are GMOs causing now? We can you know say, hey, GMOs are definitely bad in one area. Well, there's a big question mark over the safety of the microbiome. If you know, <laughs> when you ask me, like, is it safe for the microbiome? Yes or no? Because there is some emerging science that is saying that within a few minutes of ingesting a GMO crop, your microbiome begins to change. And we are still understanding the microbiome. We know that there are pathogenic bacteria, beneficial bacteria, and they're all talking to each other, and they're all exchanging genes, almost like they're up, uploading and, and um, you know, refreshing their software, upgrading their software. So what's going on with that? Is that good or bad? Is that contributing to the alarming rates? of inflammatory issues and autism and I mean can we can we, yeah, we can't make that correlation and, and, and say it's the cause um, but we can't rule it out either and that's the problem um, so as far as damage I would say the the most prominent damage and, and I think the FAO part of the WTO um, highlighted this and now we see that there you know there's a website out right now that says that something like um, but um, I believe it's a class action lawsuit that's being um, put together. Um, and I can't remember. I think it's called roundupcompensation.com. So right now there's litigation on glyphosate or 2,4-D. Glyphosate is the active ingredient in Roundup. And the FAO um, basically this year in March said that um, glyphosate is most likely a carcinogen. And the FAO is a part of the... The, the WTO, I believe, World Trade Organization. So this or World Health, World, World Health Organization, excuse me. So we have a possible carcinogen. Glyphosate is now the most abundant chemical in the environment. Um, at the time when glyphosate, ex, you know, exploded in the market marketplace or in at least in grocery stores and being sprayed on fill, fields everywhere, um, that that particular time around 2001. 2004 is where we start to see an explosion of things like autism. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I can't, I can't co- correlate. I mean, I can correlate the two, but I can't say that that's the cause. But what we know that glyphosate does is it chelates minerals, very important minerals. In fact, it was patented as a chelator first. And what it does is it renders the cytochrome P450 enzymes, our liver enzymes that are in charge of breaking down the most toxic components that we're exposed to internally and externally, it renders that helpless. So you can easily have an accumulation of toxins like heavy metals, um, accumulation of other compounds um, that will be broken down like hormone metabolites, whether synthetic from the environment or created endogenously. So that's huge. That by itself is just, you know, huge. Well, um, Rex, so, let's go back a minute for a second, and let's let me set up a little bit of of context here because you're bringing up a lot of really really imp- important points. The first genetically modified crops to hit the market widespread were crops that were called Roundup ready, right? And they were right. genetically modified to be able to withstand this this herbicide called Roundup, which is this uh, glyphosate. Right. And and Roundup was considered to be a breakthrough in herbicides because it was thought to probably be the safest one. Roundup works by inhibiting a pathway 
in the plant that if it's inhibited, it, it, it will kill it, right? right and right. because humans don't have that pathway, it was thought that this chemical would be entirely safe for humans because it just doesn't disrupt that pathway. And what the industry promised was that if we can use these Roundup-ready crops, these crops that have been genetically modified, not through breeding, but by using and planting them, and I don't know what they genetically transposed into Roundup-ready crops, if it's a bacterial or other plant-based DNA, to make them resistant to, the, to this herbicide, that we would be able to use less pesticides. Right. If we can make the plants resistant, right. we could that spray we could spray less of it. We'll need less of this less toxic herbicide. We'll be able to grow our plants with less toxic chemicals and it'll mean less runoff, less pollution, all of these great things. Well, one of the problems of many that we found is the complete opposite has happened right. because the weeds have become resistant to glycophosphate. And so farmers are needing to use more or uh, uh, more, more and more and more Roundup in order to be able to kill the weeds that were once susceptible to it. So what we're seeing yep. now is the highest levels imaginable of glyphosate on crop residues that are genetically modified. And the primary crops that are genetically modified are corn and soy, which are the two largest producing crops in the United States. I mean, you drive through major farming areas and you're going to see fields and 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 fields of farms. I've driven through Kansas. I've driven through all the places where we farm a lot of our goods and it's rows and rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of corn and soy. Right. And so, right. you know, and we're seeing more and more and more used. So we've got the opposite promise. And now what we're learning, as you pointed out, is that it's not benign. You know, there's a, a few right. issues behind it. And as you talked about, related to the gut flora. So this unique pathway that inhibit that it inhibits in plants also exists is in a critical pathway for the bacteria in our gut. And right. what we're learning now is that the bacteria in our gut exert huge influence on our overall health, bigger than we ever yes, yes. possibly imagined. We have 10 times more bacteria living in our gut than we have human cells in the body. They are a gigantic source of DNA direction and Absolutely. metabolic direction for our body. And we're seeing that play out in research. Go back and listen to the show that I did with Dr. Gerard Mellon, uh, Mullen, who's a top gastroenterologist at Hopkins, who wrote a whole book about the gut microbiome and how to modify it for optimal health. We're seeing that if you change the microbiome, you change the outcome of health without modifying anything else. These are the exciting studies where they transplanted Absolutely. you know, the microbiome from an obese mouse into a skinny mouse, and the mouse, skinny mouse got fat. Right. And then they took the microbiome right. from a skinny mouse, and they put it in a fat mouse, and the fat mouse lost weight. And they didn't change the mouse's activity, and they didn't change the mouse's diet. Right. So the microbiome is directing health. It's related now to brain health. Just look at the research Dr. David Perlmutter is doing related to the That's gut cool. microflora and brain health. It's everywhere. We, we, have, we have more questions to ask on GMOs than we do answers. That's, exact, um, that's exactly the point. And there is, I mean, you know, we're now at, at early phases and not many scientists are really at a place where they're ready to call it causation. 
They're ready to say right. correlation. So we're seeing correlations of increased use of glyco, uh, glyphosate and certain health conditions. There is one person who stepped outside of it, and you know it's somebody that is very well respected. It's her name is Dr. Stephanie Seneff, and she's a senior cool. research scientist at the MIT Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory, and she is now claiming that as many half of all children born in the United States by 2025 will be on the autism spectrum, and that Roundup, or glyphosate, is the reason why. She is saying that she has definitive research based on what she has seen in her evaluation that this is a significant contributing cause, not corollary cause, contributing cause, causation to autism. So, I mean, I haven't dug through that data. I'm not here to endorse or refute her research. But when there are people that are thought leaders in our country's top research institutions starting to sound alarm bells, it's usually the early warning sign that something is amiss, like the alarm bells that were going off about trans fats. Well, they were going off 15 years before the FDA decided to pull trans fats from the market because, hey, guess what? They do cause heart disease. The alarm bells were going off around BPA and endocrine disorders, higher risk of diabetes and obesity in young kids 10 or 15 years before the government decided that BPA should be pulled from these products. So in most instances where you start seeing well-respected researchers sounding alarm bells around these issues, it may not happen tomorrow or the next day, but you can almost guarantee that 10 or 15 years in the future, they're going to say, oh, whoops, maybe it wasn't a good idea. Do you want to be a byproduct and have your health decisions made by those people? Or do you want to evaluate it on your own in advance and try and make proactive decisions for yourself and be educated about what, about what you want? So, Rex, we're going to have to take a quick break. When we come back, we can wrap up the conversation. I'm not an expert on this topic. I don't claim to be. I just look at what's coming out and I make commentary. And that's all that the show is today to help you make decisions about what you feel comfortable with and to give you resources so you can decide what your stance is. But when we come back, we can relate this conversation to our food supply and to our nutrient and vitamin supply, because that is an important topic. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this break. Solgar number seven can help you feel the difference. Solgar number seven actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number seven is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number seven help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number seven says yes. Solgar number seven. Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. 
Put a little more jingle in your pocket by taking advantage of Village Green Apothecary's year-end sale. This year, we're celebrating our 50th anniversary with big savings. From now until the end of the year, you can save 35% off Pathway Nutrition products, 25% off other supplements, and 20% off body care products. Give the gift of good health to the people you care about and stock up on healthy living essentials for yourself, too. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or on the web at myvillagegreen.com. Or just give us a jingle at 301-530-0800. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognisure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognisure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognisure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognisure. Remember Cognisure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m., so don't forget to set your dials. Today, we're talking with Rex Jones. He's an educator with Garden of Life. He's been doing that for more than four years and has been in the natural health foods industry for more than 15 years. Rex, it's always enjoyable to have you on and and to discuss these topics with you. In the last segment, we were discussing some of the potential health concerns that are arising out of as a result of using genetically modified organisms, not so much related to the GMOs themselves, but related to what they promised in the use of a certain type of pesticide, Roundup or uh, glyphosate, which is readily used on GMO crops and even readily used on non-GMO crops. There are some other things to touch on. For example, some t- scientists are citing research that genetically modified organisms in and of themselves are more likely to relate to potentially contribute to allergies and other problems. So there is research on just using uh, problems with just mixing these genetics up and how the body interprets that and works with food that has been kind of mixed um, as far as different genes in, into one. So Rex, what, why don't you sort of um, give us any last commentary that you have on the genetically modified organism topic, and then we can discuss some other aspects of, of it relating to you know vitamins and supplements. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's just kind of like a little bit more of what I was saying in the beginning and what actually what you were saying in the beginning. And, and um, the, the FAO, which is under the World Health Organization, um, not only saying that glyphosate is most likely a carcinogen, but the FAO under the, the WHO um, has a food sustainability report, which actually says that in order for humans to have food in the future, far in the future, they will need to save local varieties and share local variety of food. So most of the planet is still rural. You know, we live in the U.S. and everything's very modern, but when you start going to, you know, other continents and you realize it's mostly a lot of farmland. So in order to sustain this exploding population, it, you know, the F- 
AL is saying the opposite of what biotech is saying is that, you know, we're doing this for the future. We're doing this to feed the world's population in the future. We haven't seen that result. Um, and what, right now what we've seen is more of conventional and GMOs performing about the same and organic performing better. But there's another layer to this, and we didn't really get so deep into the environmental implications. But when you're growing organically, you are actually growing soil, feeding soil, creating soil health, and bugs and nematodes and so forth want to be there. And there is an exchange of nutrition currency that happens there that has an epigenetic effect on the plant, meaning the the, the gene markers that, that kind of influence how the plant expresses itself. And I've heard up to about 60% increase in antioxidant compounds, which these are the same antioxidant compounds that if we were to eat a, an, an organic food or vegetable can have an epigenetic effect on us that is positive. Yeah, so, and I t- that's a great point. I talk about that because I actually studied, the, I studied environmental biology uh, in undergrad, and it was interesting because a lot of the things that are considered antioxidants or beneficial for human health are produced by a plant as a defense mechanism. These are things that that are natural pesticides or natural herbicides, these polyphenols, these different chemicals that exert these incredibly beneficial activity on our DNA and are at the forefront of the most exciting aspects of antioxidant and and cellular health and longevity are things Mm -hmm. that plants produce to try and protect themselves. So plants that are organically produced that you know, have these sort of natural predators and these natural pressures on their existence produce more of these chemicals in their life cycle, which equals, you know, a improved or a higher source of potential nutrition for, for humans. Right. And you wipe that system out with GMOs and conventional when you're spraying pesticide herbicides or glyphosate or anything else. So, um, so that's, you know, the beginning of the nutrition conversation. Garden of Life as a company, we are a food first company. We believe you should be getting most of your nutrition from food, but we know soil has been depleted. We don't have, you know, an all organic, uh, farming industry. And so you do have to supplement. And so what do you supplement with? You know, I mean, we've defined in the last 50, 60 years a vitamin or a nutrient by just the chemical compound alone. Like, for instance, a vitamin C is ascorbic acid instead of, well, vitamin C in food, which, honestly, before, you know, the 1930s, we did not have pure ascorbic acid ever. It was, you know, maybe concentrated foods that were high in ascorbic acid, but they always came with their associated uh, phytonutrients and, you know, some levels of fats, carbs, and proteins and enzymes in a, in a um, grown food. And so that's actually the delivery system for that active compound is all of the other chemistry. Um, you mentioned Dr. Perlmutter, and one of his quotes that I really like is that the one where he says food is information, going back to the whole um, epigenetic influence that food has. So do you want the ascorbic acid as a standalone that's stripped away and processed heavily, um, which, you know, might have an allopathic medical benefit at, at some levels, or do you want a vitamin C that occurs naturally in a food as a supplement um, with, with all of its chemistry um, that can actually be retained on a cellular level for a longer period of time. And it, in fact, 99% of the ascorbic acid that we, we get in supplementation is from GMO corn that is actually shipped to Asia and then processed and then brought back 
as ascorbic acid, which then makes supplements. So we believe we should be supplementing with food, and we now have that ability. And Garden Life has gone as far with our MyKind vitamins to not just have a botanically extracted vitamin extracted with water and food acids, but we've actually revolutionized the tableting process, which the tableting process was actually made of some of the same types of ingredients that are very processed, bleached, um, in some cases derived from GMO, a lot of the maltodextrin out there or um, the magsterate um, comes from those same corn so- sources. So we've managed to make a non-GMO USDA organic multivitamin, third-party audited on both ends, and have clean tableting, meaning that our tableting ingredients, the things that hold the tablet together, are also non-GMO USDA organic certified foods. So that's the basis of, you know, our, our nutrition, you know, or should be the basis of our nutrition is real food. And if we can deliver that as a supplement, um, certified organic, non-GMO verified, and, you know, that's the direction that we have moved in and, and will continue to move in. Sure. I mean, it's always ideal for you to get all of your nutrition just from food. That is obviously the best scenario. And I do have right, some right. some people that, you know, seem to be able to achieve that. I mean, I, I have patients that, you know, they their their job, they run an entirely organic farm and it's been organic for 20 years and it's great healthy soil and everything's grown right there. And that's what they eat and they eat really healthy diet and they eat the food right off the farm, right? It's after it's been harvested. And it doesn't mean that person doesn't need any nutrients because people still develop health issues and certain nutrients right. and herbs can support human physiology in a way that that improves health and improves cellular activity um, when supported in the proper way. But does that person necessarily need a multivitamin? Probably not, you know, not if right. they're eating a really diverse food of organically grown foods that we know are coming from a soil that's rich in, in nutrients and vitamins. But, you know, for most other people look at multivitamins and look at supplementation as a as a way that's what they are. They're supplements. They're designed to supplement a healthy diet. And while people spend a lot of attention looking at, you know, what is in their diet, they don't spend as much attention looking at what's in their supplement. And I've talked. Yeah. Go ahead, Rex. Were you going to say something? Well, well, yeah. And that's that's exactly our point. I mean, I'm sure, you know the beginning of the year, people are going to turn over a new leaf, start working out, maybe start eating organic, which is a really smart thing to do. But when they come into a supplement section of the store, you know, they don't necessarily have a lot of choices for USDA organic and non-GMO. Then, you know, it is potentially possible and actually does happen that they're buying supplements that might might have been sprayed with with uh, some type of pesticide, and you hate to think that that would happen um, in a natural food store. But if you don't have that USD organic fill or non-GMO verified fill, you don't have a third party uh, looking over the raw materials and verifying that. And especially when someone has a health issue and they need to turn the corner or or, or push the envelope and take a supplement, that's when you want to make sure you're not adding to the problem by having GMO residue or um, pesticide residue. And so we want to be the company of clean. We want to be the cleanest company out there. And right now, Garden of Life produces more non-GMO USP organic supplements um, than than anyone right now, as far as supplements go, not actual uh, groceries. Right. Um, and so... 
So yeah, that was that was my my point on that. It's like yeah, if you're sick, you know, you definitely don't want to add to the complication, especially if you're still trying to nail down a diagnosis. Um, you know, and you find out that your 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 greens, your green powder, or your protein powder, or your whole food multivitamin, you know, doesn't have that seal on it. It doesn't mean that there's something bad in there, but you just don't know. You don't have a third party saying we certify that it's not in there, and that's what that's what we do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a variable, and I think it's important for people that are really looking to try and get the most out of their supplements and, and reduce factors that may be not contributing to their health. Or like I said, if you're going through all that effort to manage your diet, why not look at some of those things to manage your, your nutrients and, and supplements? And, you know, certainly there's lots of companies out there that are making really high quality products. And I know as a clinician and working with these products, you do see positive outcomes when using right. them, even when they're not this way. But, you know, having a line, I think Garden of Life has done something somewhat innovative because the My Kind one, it, it is a little bit different. I mean, you guys really innovated. I know you worked with a raw material supplier that not many people are utilizing that has really sort of pioneered a new way to do these organic, um, you know, type of food extracts because most whole food vitamins, and maybe we need to talk about this when we come back from the break, are usually the nutrients come from like a, like a yeast fermentation process. Like I've never really, I've had people on the show before who have tried to explain it to me and I don't really get it. But like this new source of raw materials that you guys use in the my kind, it's actually getting the nutrients like right from the plants. You know, it's right. not, there's not right. like an intermediate process of using um, yeast or other organisms to kind of like concentrate the nutrients. It's literally like a way of extracting these things right from the plant. So like the vitamin C, you know, comes like right from amla fruit or so something like that. It's right. coming right from these natural sources. So it's literally still in that form that nature intended, which typically means you know, bioavailability, better bioavailability, better recognition and uptake by cells, and it's certainly a little bit more natural. So when we come back from the break, maybe we can touch on that a little bit more, Rex, and, and wrap up our conversation sure. around some non-GMO organic options for supplements. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after these words. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. Megafood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. Megafood, from farm to tablet, our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Bridging the gap between nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals. That's the concept behind Zymogen's new exclusive and patented line of formulations, which utilize sophisticated delivery technologies to focus on specific molecular targets. The Zymogen EP line features Immunitix 3.6, a potent ingredient that has demonstrated a measurable ability to prime and enhance immune cell function. Applications include immune system support and support for white blood cell recovery following radiation therapy and other bone marrow affecting treatments. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. For over 10 years, Nordic Naturals has been the world leader in crafting omega-3 fish oils that are great for the body and for the planet. They work one-on-one -on -one with researchers and select fishermen to harvest only those fish species that are flourishing. With Nordic Naturals, you get all the benefits of omega-3, a strong heart, clear eyes, and flexible joints, plus the reassurance that their products are environmentally friendly. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit nordicnaturals.com. 
Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. Did you get enough lutein today to support eye health? Most Americans consume only 2 milligrams per day, yet populations with good eye health often consume 6 to 20 milligrams to protect the macula of the eye against oxidative stress and aging. Vision Optimizer from Gero Formulas supplies lutein, zeaxanthin, and 13 other vitamins, phytonutrients, and herbs that support eye health and function, reduce eye fatigue, and promote eye comfort. For more information, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. If you have arthritis, everyday tasks can become a challenge. That's why more and more doctors are recommending Arthrobin, an all-natural medical food for the dietary management of osteoarthritis. It contains a combination of bioflavonoids, which work to reduce inflammation and joint deterioration, along with collagen peptides, which increase joint mobility, function, and repair. Arthrobin is not a drug and is virtually free of negative side effects. Look for Arthrobin by Designs for Health Today, available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM1500, brought to you by the Village Green. I'm your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. Today and this show, we've been talking about genetically modified organisms. We've been talking with Rex Jones, who works with the Garden of Life. And, you know, we've been talking about, just in the last segment, started discussing some of their innovative products. Garden of Life came out with a line recently um, called My Kind, which is pretty unique. I mean, Garden of Life has always been sort of in that unique space of, of vitamins and that their idea behind nutrients always has to do with food-based nutrients. And so most of their multivitamins and formulas have been sort of food-based. And there's a few leading companies out there that have that similar philosophy. And I do find, I mean, clinically, I, I use both. I'm not tied to one versus the other. I don't say I only use food-based nutrients in my clinical practice. You're just, sometimes you need different things. But I, I do find that some people really have a much better response to food-based nutrients. People with sensitive digestive systems, people with absorption problems. I find a lot of women during pregnancy have difficult time tolerating traditional prenatals that are the more um, you know uh, laboratory-produced nutrients like we talked about a score acid and other straight B vitamins that are just in their chemical form. And actually, you know, they get really upset stomach and they can't tolerate it. And we switch them to a food-based prenatal and they feel fantastic. And some people just feel better in general. They seem to need lower doses and seem to feel more of a response when they use food-based nutrients. Now, you know, in some of the work that I do, um, the doses of the nutrients that we need in order to support a health condition aren't really conducive to using a food-based supplement, so we use straight nutrients. And, you know, there's pros and there's cons to both. I think Garden of Life has been one of those companies that's been on the cutting edge of food-based nutrients, and their My Kind line is not like a, you know, a, a, a complete endorsement of anything. It's just really what I see as very interesting trends in the nutraceutical industry, and when people are doing things that I think are innovative or cutting edge or bringing new, exciting products to the market, we want to talk about it on the show because this is what I talk to about with my patients and understanding what their options are. So the My Kind Organics line, Rex, we were talking about, you know, can you describe like it's a it's a it's basically like the the marketing or the pitch is that it's a um, organic 
like it's an organic multivitamin, right? Which not many exactly. other things have that sort of certification where it, it's like it's a food-based one, but this one can have the certification that it's actually organic. But like help us understand sort of some of the difference between other food-based supplements that are done through like culturing and the and the raw material source that you guys use for my kind, which comes from a company that sort of pioneered a, a way to extract nutrients from foods a little differently. Sure. So, you know, just starting at the beginning, there are, you know, there are the, the lab vitamins, you know, that will just be like a hard pill. And then there are food-based lab vitamins where they just add in maybe, you know, 100 milligrams of a variety of different fruits and veggies. It changes the color of the tablet. It is maybe a little more absorbable, possibly. Um, but then there's the culturing and fermenting that you're talking about. And that's where you use single-celled organisms, usually like a Saccharomyces cervicae, which is, if you're familiar with bakers or brewers yeast, is the same organism. One is uh, spent and one is still active. Um, and fermentation, basically, if you're making wine or beer, you're taking sugar and breaking it down to a less complex sugar like alcohol. Um, so fermentation, humans use basically, um, I think, at first to preserve foods or to make certain foods that were not digestible, digestible, so that to actually increase the, the uh, food sources. Um, it was also used instead of refrigeration to stabilize the food over long periods of time, um, you know, so that you could have that food. So fermentation is all about really, in its core, in my opinion, should be all about making something more nutritious now that we have refrigeration. And um, so you, you get that through your fermented foods, um, uh, you know, you get used fermentation that way. But when it comes to vitamins, um, there's been a way to kind of combine, you know, a protein matrix with some of the lab vitamins initially in the first part of the process, some other whole fruit, fruit and veggies, and you just let the fermentation do its magic and, and break things down and make a really cool, complex, enzyme-rich, cofactor-rich uh, vitamin. Now, culturing is a little different. You're using the same organism, but you're kind of following what what happens in the soil. You're using, when you're culturing, you're using that, that baker's, active baker's yeast cell as um, really as a conduit, you know, because for, for uh, this, you know, pre-mix of a lab vitamin and a peptide. And there are nutrient-specific peptides blended with this lab vitamin that can kind of knock on the door of that that yeast cell and say, hey, I have the key, I have the peptide, let me in the door. And um, so that peptide deactivates all of the, these receptor sites specifically for that particular nutrient and allows that nutrient and peptide to cross over the, the, the threshold. At that point, the, the peptide um, is not as strong as the protein of the yeast and the nutrient will go and bind itself to it. And they change, they change the pH and temperature of the batch and that allows that bacteria to flourish and flourishes expressing that nutrient. So it, we found um, from having a fermented vitamin as our first vitamin that moving to a cultured vitamin that we have in our vitamin code vitamin was a lot more complete um, and it com completely digested and assimilated those raw materials we gave it with no residues of of uh, lab vitamins left over. But you still have to use lab vitamins for that. With my kind, we're talking about a farm. 
and a few ingredients um, that don't come from that farm, like our D3, which comes from an, an algae slash fungi in the UK and it's vegan, uh, so Vitashine D3. We have an MK7K2 from non-GMO natto from South Korea. Um, we have Icelandic kelp that's organic, um, but everything else um, nutrient-wise coming from this very special biodynamic organic farm in India that can produce 10 to 15 times the yield and potency in plants, in, in um, fruits and, and herbs, and they're able to water extract the nutrients and all their phytonutrients um, and go through a two-step dehydration concentration process to concentrate the, the solids from the plant in the water, and they end up spray-drying um, the result from 10,000 liters all the way down to one or 200 liters uh, at the end of dehydration. Um, they test, um, you know, through all of the uh, required uh, CGMP or good manufacturing practices um, to identify the nutrient, to exclude any toxins. Um, and because we're using USDA organic and non-GMO certification, every step of the way from planting the seeds and identifying the seeds to organic farming to extraction, all of those things, especially in the lab with extraction and spray drying, have to be done in an organic compliant plant with um, organic processes. And we're just using water and food acids as the extraction. And we end up with this food powder that we can measure the nutritional content with, and we combine that with our clean tableting technology so that we don't have to use mass sterate, silicon dioxide, things like that. It's just a 100% USD organic non-GMO vitamin. Yeah, which is interesting. I mean, we've got, looking at the raw ingredients, it's USD or certified organic, the EU organic, um, natural, kosher, vegan, no pesticides, so the lab tests everything for any pesticide residues. And, of course, you wouldn't expect any because it's grown organically, but you never know. They could be spraying a farm right. next door. You know, you, it, it ensures safety. ISO um, 22000 certification, which is the highest standard for food-based products, non-synthetic and, of course, non-GMO. So this is interesting. When you look at, like, for example, the B vitamin blend, you know, it's coming from guava, mango, and lemons, Right. And again, this is not necessarily like that fermentation process where it's added and the yeast work on it and concentrate it and express it. And then it's like, you know, this whole thing, this is coming directly from food. So it's really cool because it can be certified organic. It can be certified as GMO free. And it, it is really a basis of a multivitamin nutrient that is as close to really concentrating food as you can get. So we would expect bioavailability and absorption to be superior and, and supreme. So I don't know. I think it's really um, sort of cutting edge. I think it's really interesting. I think for people looking to really get a handle on that are looking to support their diet and really spending time with eating organic and eating GMO, why not look at one of these nutrients? And I just say, try it, compare it to your more traditional multivitamin and see how you feel. Some people notice that they actually feel better and you're really, um, you know, getting a product that may have some additional benefits. So thank you, Rex. It's going to wrap up the show today. And we do carry the My Kind line at Village Green. We carry the whole Garden of Life line there. So if you're curious about it, you can call or stop in. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living, wishing you all the best of health until next time. Take care. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside of the Beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health, and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top-quality nutritional supplements, 
herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists are here to advise you about creating your very own individualized healthy living plan. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, 5415 West Cedar Lane, or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com.